Welcome to the Financial Fitness Bunny Podcast, your number one stop to all things money management. My name is Nicolette Mashile. I am your host and I'm also known as the Financial Bunny and here to put lipstick on that money pig. This week's book is The Personal MBA, a world-class business education in a single volume by Josh Kaufman. I have never picked up a better book while at the airport than this one. I go to the airport a lot okay i chill at the airport most of the time i'm always late so this one time i am where was i flying to i actually can't even remember where i was flying to i think i was flying to cape town was it cape town must have been cape town because i also picked up another terrible personal finance book but this book i picked it up and i thought oh my gosh i'm doing my mba and you know what to be fair to be very fair you know the coursework that i did in my mba can't remember it guys <laughs> let's just be fair and you know how expensive mba courses are ah uh, ah uh, ah uh. hey ah uh, what they're like north of 200,000 north of 200,000 for me not to remember any of the coursework that i did i guys now nah, i feel scammed by my mba and so when i picked up this book i was like mm, in a book a whole mba is that even possible and you know what i think maybe i had a very bad or like a skewed understanding and expectation of what my MBA course would do. I really thought it was going to like, you know, like spur up my entrepreneurial side and just make me like this boffin when it comes to entrepreneurship. Uh-uh, no, it does not do that. Um, maybe it was just my attitude going into it, but I know maybe, maybe the institution also, because let's be fair, I'm doing my MBA at uh, SPL and you know, most, um, yeah, let's, let the least the least the least that is said about Unisa, the better, you know. <laughs> we'll get into a Unisa conversation another day. But you know, it, it, it's just the, the MBA is so expensive. It really is expensive. They teach you so many outdated concepts. They are not going to guarantee you to be a great entrepreneur or even get a high-paying job. You know, for me, experience matters. And I've had this conversation with many of my entrepreneurship friends where we sit around and we're like, what's the point of you doing this MBA? And I'm always like trying to defend it. And you know what? Eventually, I got to a point where I'm like, I must concede because to be fair, you are going to learn more from the first hundred days of you running a business than you're going to learn in your MBA course. Because theory is theory. Practice, my friend. Now that looks different. Okay? It is, yay. Guys, running a business is a scam. It's the biggest scam of my life. There's no security. There's no peace of mind. There's no margin of safety. There is nothing. And it does not matter how great your business is, how great your business idea is. Look, it. you know when they say an investment, high risk, high return? and we've changed it to high-risk, high-potential return, me, I believe it. I believe it, and it comes from running a business. A business is a big risk that you're turning, you're taking. And let me tell you, high-risk, high-potential return, because the returns are good if you have a good business idea. But it can be the biggest risk of your life. I tell you a story, there's a lady who contacted me for one-on-one coaching, and she was like, listen, I went to China. I bought those uh, sandals that everybody loves. I mean, these sandals were flying off. There's a shop here in, in South Africa called Zara. And there's a shop everywhere. And um, there are these sandals from Zara that everybody was buying at some point. I mean, the summer hits of the last two years and everybody was just buying those sandals. They were flying off. 
the shelves at Zara. So this girl went to go and find the supplier of this company, right? She found the supplier of the retailer and she now procured these sandals directly from the supplier because, you know, let's also, let's just have a fair conversation. And I see this, it's the funniest thing when people come on social media and they want to downplay a majority of our sneaker brands and how they are, you know, you can find the replica of their stuff on AliExpress. Yes, you know why? Because suppliers are the same. When you buy a brand, you buy the brand equity. Now, I don't need to keep telling people this because I really need us to understand. I promise you, the kettle that is branded Russell Hobbs and the kettle that is branded Philips comes from the same floor. It is made by the same people. I know that's difficult to believe. If you want something unique and uniquely made by the brand, you need to go and ask them to show you where they manufacture their stuff. They better have a bunch of people who are doing it themselves. So we love this thing where we want everything to be proudly South African and it's noble and it's great and it's great for, you know, our industries. It's a very great industrial business and possibly it may happen. But if you're running a business and you are new and you want scale, the best believe you need to go to a supplier who's going to supply you these things at a far better rate so that you can at least have a good margin. To ask a company to set up a whole sneaker producing manufacturing, guys, it needs time. It needs time. Okay, I I promise you, those types of plants are not things that you can set up in in less than five years. They're not. So, So this lady went and got the supplier directly and, you know, kudos to her. So she got a loan from the bank bought these things these sandals so she's got the sandals but now they're not moving nobody's buying them so what happened what happened you don't learn that in the MBA class you learn that hands on hands on in the business that's what you are doing and Josh Kaufman for me has this amazing ability to really be able to give you various nuggets in the book that really teach you about the day-to-day running of a business. I mean, the book starts off really by explaining, you know, what a business is, why people go into entrepreneurship. And in actual fact, today's episode is going to be on this specific book and no other topic. So welcome to another episode of Yes, Money Does Matter, because today we're talking about how to start and run a business. So let's start off with the first one. He has five parts of a business that are very important to know whether you have a business or not. So what are those five parts? One, value creation. You need to discover what people need or want and then create it. There's no point in you creating products and services that nobody wants. Okay? Do not create products that nobody wants or nobody needs. Seen some of the craziest products that in my life I'm sitting there and I'm like, yeah, this is cute, but, but nobody's gonna buy this because <laughs> nobody needs this, you know. <laughs> it's the same way I learned that nobody needs another gin, you know. Like I created a whole gin, and it was amazing creating the gin. I mean, I drink gin, so I loved it, but nobody needs another gin, because <laughs> it's been the most it's been the most whirlwind experience creating this gin and really trying to take it to market because you are now swimming in a in an industry where there's like 100 other gins how do you differentiate yourself right 
And that's what we're currently working on. Yes, nobody needs another gin, but we decided, okay, with all the gins that exist, how do we make ours different? How do we make our gin a gin people want? Because people want gin, we know that. The market has been tested, it's been tested for years. But how do we make the gin that people actually want? Because let's be fair, most of the gins, they need to be using that gin to wash tires. Most of these gins are not gins that should be for human consumption, you know? Some of these gins are just terrible the next day. You wake up and you're like, hey, bye, babo. So we need to make a gin that tastes nice. A palatable gin. A gin that doesn't give you a terrible hangover the next day. And that's what we're tar- currently doing. Is to go back to the drawing board and say, how do we make a gin that people actually want? The next one is marketing. You need to attract attention to build demand. If people don't know you have a product like this, people do not know that it exists, so therefore people do not want it. If people do not, please, let's hear me. If people do not know that you have a product out there, people do not want your product. It's not that they don't want your product because you've got a bad product. It's because they don't know it exists. How often do you meet people who are new in your circles, who you show them your product and they're like, I didn't know this existed. That is enough evidence to show you that they did not know about your product. You're not doing enough marketing. You've got to market your product because marketing creates demand. Yes, there are different strategies. If you look at, for instance, the likes of your Apple, they use a scarcity uh, a marketing approach. If you look at the likes of Verve, they use a, an exclusive marketing approach. There are different various marketing approaches, but the more difficult the marketing approach is because you are in a market that's saturated with products and services already. But if you are in a market that is not saturated, where people need your product and your product is the only offering that is available, chances are people don't need to be tricked into actually buying your product through psychology. Why? Because they already know they need it. The next one, sales. So once they know, once there's a demand, you've got to turn those prospective customers into paying customers. So, okay, shop. You've marketed. They now know the product, but you make it difficult for them to actually buy. You've got no e-commerce platform. When they call you, you're not available. When they ask for prices, you say DM for prices. It's you making it difficult to turn prospective customers into paying customers. So sales and your sales channels are absolutely crucial. Distribution. Where is your, where is your product accessible? So for instance, we've had to have a big learning curve. When we sold What's Your Move, everybody was willing to buy it online. But now when we try to sell Coco the Money Bunny on our e-commerce platform, everybody kept asking, which bookstores do we get it from? Because the customers that need your product or your service are always going to look different from your previous customers of another product. And you've got to understand that. So your access your sales channels and your communication needs to speak to your sales strategy. There's no point in saying, I want to sell 100 copies of Coco the Money Bunny, but you make it impossible for people to access the product. The next one, value delivery. You've got to give customers what you said you're going to give them and ensure that they are satisfied. It's part of running a business because no amount of marketing budget is going to make up for a mediocre product. 
no amount, I want you to hear that and digest it. No amount of marketing. You can get the best agencies in the world. No amount of their efforts and creativity will make up for what I would want to say is a shitty product. Excuse the French or the Italian, whichever one it is. Latin? Whatever. English, maybe. You've got to give customers what they are expecting. Because let's be fair, customers don't buy your product. They buy what they think they're going to get from your product. When you are, for instance, contracted to do an event for a customer, it's not the eventing itself. It's not your pretty umbrellas that you put in the drinks. It's not your your invite that you send out. It is what people are gaining out of it. As the person who hired you, are people going to look at me and say, Nicolette throws the best parties? Or are they going to say, hey, Nicolette has the best decor at her parties? No, people don't care about the decor at the party. The decor speaks to the experience of the party. The ultimate thing I want to hear is we had the best time at that event. So it is important to understand that you've got to deliver value, whether you're in a service business or whether you're in a product business. If you say to me, you sell wigs, And on the third way of your wig, the wig is starting to fall out. The hair is falling out. The frontal is looking like Mukhodu. You did not deliver value. Value delivery is absolutely essential because it is what is going to make people come back to your business. Value delivery is absolutely important. It delivers what people are expecting. The next one, finance. Making sure that you are bringing enough money to make your effort worthwhile. Nobody wants to run a business that doesn't make money, guys. You can't run a business that does not make money. So one, you got to price well. Two, you've got to make sure that actually, if I'm running this business and whatever it is that I'm charging, I want to come back and do this again. So the financing aspect of your business is absolutely crucial. It's important to make sure that if you are going to be running a business, you want it to make money. Because what's the point? What is the absolute point if you are running a business for the sake of offering a service to people? Oh, I'm doing my my community service. You won't want to do it again. You won't want to wake up. We always say in the in the in the influencer space, it's the clients that pay the least that want the most money. You're never gonna go back to that client again. I mean, it's a client that pays the least that wants the most value. You won't go back to them because the amount they paid you was just not enough. But every time that client who pays well, you deliver well to them. When they send you an email, you almost want to jump out of your chair. Because you know they pay well. It means that your business works. So it is important to remember that every successful business needs to create something of value. There's so many opportunities. So many opportunities. And it is about how do I create value? Because without value creation, businesses cannot exist. You cannot transact with others unless you have something valuable to trade. If you read Josh Kaufman, you'll also realize he also has 10 ways to evaluate your market. 
So great, you've got a great business idea. It is going to deliver value, but is the market ready for it? For you to be able to determine your market's potential, you should rate each one of these a score out of 10. This will show you whether or not that market you want to work in is an attractive market or it's not. So what are the top 10 things? Urgency. How badly do that does your market need what it is that you are actually willing to put out? Market size. How many people do exist in this actual market? What is your pricing potential? What is the highest price you can charge people that they still will be willing to pay? The cost of your customer acquisition. How easy is it for you to be able to acquire a new customer? So this is one part that a lot of us never think about. The cost of sale. How much does it cost for me to actually turn a prospective customer into a paying customer? Cost of value delivery. How much is it going to cost me to create and deliver the value that I have offered? Now this is both in money and in effort. How unique is my offer? Looking at other competing brands, competing products, competing service providers, how unique is it that is what I am putting out on the table? Speed to market. How quickly can you make this thing and go into market? Upfront investment. What is required from me as the entrepreneur to make all of this happen and so that I can go into market? Upsell potential. Are there other related secondary offers that I can also present? I do financial education. I get paid by brands. Can I offer one-on-one services? That becomes the upsell potential. Upsell potential. Evergreen potential. Once we have created this offer, how much more work do we need to be able to get an order or a purchase? You need to add up all of those scores out of 10. And if they give you something above 75%, that means that you actually have a viable and a promising business idea. It's important to do this exercise. It's important to do this exercise because it also allows you to be honest about what exactly you are trying to do. I'm going to leave it at that. It's important that if you're going to be going into entrepreneurship as part of your income streams, you need to have a good business idea that is valuable to somebody and they're willing to pay you for the offer that you are putting on the table. So in other words, yes, money does matter. Please do join us on the next episode of Money Does Matter. Do remember none of our videos or none of our... hmm. Please do remember none of our podcast audios constitute as financial advice. If you are looking for financial advice, please speak to somebody who's registered with the FSCA. I will see you guys on the next one.